the mind is the only, the one and only unhackable device. Why, mm-hmm. why give it a back door? You know, so sure. go ahead and, and, and answer how you want to. Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, so, so Neuralink for anyone who, who's watching and probably isn't familiar, but uh, the concept essentially is that human beings in the near future will be implanted with a chip and that chip will basically be um, an extension um, of, of that human being in the sense that, you know, how we all have smartphones and, and um, you know, say Ali goes, look up when the pyramid of Giza was made. And then I pick up my smartphone and I search for it. You won't have to do that because that smartphone is going to be sitting right inside your brain. The Nobody's Famous Podcast. Right, guys, and we are back on the Nobody's Famous Podcast. We are back with another interesting, amazing, and unique episode. Every one of these episodes so far have been quite unique in their own way. This one is no different with the one and the only Muhammad Nauman. How are you doing today? I thought you were going to say Muhammad Ali, the, the, the one and only. Of course, man. See, I, I, I like your sports broadcaster voice, man. I, I love it. I, I have to, I have to do a hype up. You know, I gotta do a DJ sure, wrap sure, up. Sure. I gotta do no, a DJ I, wrap up. I, 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 I appreciate it, um, Ali. Thanks, thanks for having me. And I was saying, this is uh, my first um, appearance, my first um, experience of, of a podcast, and I, I, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing some of my ideas and, and listening to yours. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, the same same here, man. And I think um, we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. And when I said that the show was unique, it's unique because you have sent across some uh, some talking points, which we will get into. And I, sure. I firstly want to say I really appreciate that, uh, making our job easier. Uh, let's put awesome. it that way. And uh, I want to get right into it. But before I get into the topics, I mean, I do have a couple of questions and I want to read your bio back to you. I've been doing that in some of the previous shows with some of the guests. Sure. I want to read it back to you and see how, you know, what what, what do you think when you hear it if somebody else is reading it? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so you said you're you're born, brought up, and schooled in Dubai. Third child in a four-children household. Born to a Pakistani family. Grew up in Karama, Udmitha, which is predominantly South Asian working class neighborhood of Dubai. Your father moved from Karachi to Dubai in 1978, and you yourself are married now for 10 years with two daughters. You went to McMaster mm-hmm. uh, University in Canada to study economics, which was also my favorite subject, by the way. Um, nice. I, d- I studied that as well. And your first job yeah, ad- after uh, graduation was working Duplace, I don't know, right? Sure. Doing all those activities down at the Corniche in Abu Dhabi. Uh, online portal uh, for sports and social uh, social club for expats living in the UAE. Awesome. And then you moved to Flash Entertainment 2017 to work on AFC and FIFA, which I'm guessing was you know quite the highlight for you. Um, Absolutely. In, in, in your career. So before before I get into these you know different talking points, um, how was how was that reaction? Like, what did you feel when I was reading it back to you? You're like, oh. Have I achieved a lot or there is the best is yet to come? You know, I, I, I think when you asked me to send in my bio, I think I, I sort of geared it towards um, maybe my life in Dubai or sort of the period of time I've spent living in the UAE. I was born here. I grew up here. And um, 
it's it, it's it's a it's a it's a land it's a country i feel very very strongly for um you know you sort of have these brackets where someone's an expatriate someone's a guest someone's a citizen uh but i think almost everyone who lives there really feels for the land and uh, i think i try to sort of get that across in 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 the bio itself and sort of where we started where where our story started where how our family moved here and how we sort of grew into you know where we are today um i wanted to talk about uh about canada i know um i know you you feel strongly about about the country too it was um it was it's a beautiful country beautiful people i i think that's one more country i realized is is truly a melting pot you know you have kids in school in canada who um who grew up with all nationalities around them whether it's someone from the caribbean someone from africa someone from south asia like myself arabs you name it so everyone knows everyone and and they're sort of culturally educated on oh what is ramadan or you know it's it's not a shock when you tell someone oh i'm fasting during during a class you know at university um and, and yeah then my my sort of my life when i moved back to dubai uh two places was you know i, I think for, for any any boy who is a sports fan anything to do with sports is, is an exciting opportunity and and do plays was sort of that that beginning and for anyone who isn't familiar doplays.com was basically this online portal that was launched in 2007 2008 early days in dubai when you still had a lot of expatriates you know moving to the city uh, to help sort of build the city to to what it is today um and and what would happen was that a lot of the expats who were moving here uh were very active when it came to recreational sports not competitive sports not a professional sport just recreational sports you know something to do after work something to do on the weekend um and and that was my sort of first taste of interacting with expats in the UAE you you know you had um softball nights on Wednesdays when you had you know all the Americans all the Canadians with their families out there playing you had cricket nights where you know all south asians were, were were out you had football which attracted everyone the europeans the arabs etc uh so that was my sort of first experience and and it was great because just like dubai grew year after year so did the company and so did opportunities on uh on what we did whether it was i mean we started off in a more public facing manner doing leagues for the general public then we started working with the sports councils more more closely that started working with companies on in, in sort of doing corporate wellness programs so that's my story so far man and and obviously fash was a turning point um purely because of of the scale and size of what they were doing what they were trying to achieve and it, it almost felt like it was a parallel universe that i i didn't know existed you know you like oh wow okay so there's this organization that's doing all of this and uh there are all these ambitious plans for yas island and you know on sort of building brand abu dhabi um and just being part of that is is exciting because i think in many ways a lot of us um and this is going to go into another tangent but just i think we all think about creating legacy you know how will i be remembered you know what will i contribute um and and you you read these stories about um the royal family you know leaders of the UAE whether it's of 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 the Maktoum family or the Nahyan family and how they were visionaries and and how they thought about how the city is going to grow within a generation right and how it's going to be the best place to live and work and play etc um so you, 
you hear all those stories and you go, you know what, I'm inspired to, to leave a legacy myself. And uh, I feel in many ways working for Flash, having worked with you and, and the rest of the team on AFC and, and FIFA is, is part of that legacy, legacy building. I think this is a very, very amazing way that you've, you've kind of summed up a lot of things. And I, 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 I'm really glad that you kind of lightly brushed on some of the topics that we are going to talk about, whether it's sports, uh, living, you know, as an expat, the melting pot, sure. all these types of sure. things, uh, which I think is, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've done that. And I think now going into the topics, people will start to connect sure. the dots. Um, I want to do the rev up. So here's some of the questions that I want to warm up with, you know, before we get into your stuff. And the first thing that I have for you, uh, now, man, is, um, you know, I, I don't know you as much, but I do know enough to know that you're a very calm and collected person. And as people start to notice, you know, as you progress through the show, you are that you're very, uh, okay, well-spoken, but you're very calm and collected like what what do you do to maintain that type of demeanor um i i'm not sure <laughs> um i think i think part of it is is probably the way i grew up um but i think partly is also because um maybe a few central beliefs or a central principles I think one thing I've realized about, about life in my 36 years, which yeah, is in a long time, is that um, uh, you've heard these cliches, you know, treat someone with respect and they'll treat you back with respect. Uh, you've heard all those cliches, but I think, I think that's truly the case. Uh, I, I think for, for me to get the best out of Ali and for me to get the best out of Ali, um, I have to make sure that my interaction with them are, are positive, that, that um, he thinks that I'm a friend, not thinks, but feels that, that, you know, Numan actually cares about my family or, or, or you know, my state of mind on a, on, on a particular day. And I think when, when people realize that you're genuine about, about your intentions and, and your actions, uh, they open up to you and you get the best out of them. It could be an employee of yours, could be a colleague of yours, could be uh, could be a friend. Uh, I mean, that, that's what friendship is, right? Ha you know, truly relying on someone when, when you need them the most. So I've realized you, you can call it the game. I think that is the game. Uh, I think if you truly play that game, you are better off in life. If you are confrontational, I think that's a short-term game. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. people are scared of you. They're intimidated. You may not get the best out of them. And, and I think, I think that there's one thing I've learned maybe the hard way is that people never forget how you made them feel. They never forget that, mm. right? Uh, a bad job experience, a, a, a bad interaction um, on the street, you name it. People never forget how you made them feel. And if, if you can sort of be that, <laughs> I mean, sort of lame to say shining light, but, but if, if, if you can be that positive energy in their day, they are, are good to you and, and you're good to them. And I, I, I think, you know, it serves, it serves the purpose. I think we all are better off. And so that, that's my, that's the reason I choose to, I think this is the best move in, in a game of, you know, in a game. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you partially. And because and, I 
sort of try to practice the same thing with people, sure. but I, I would like to challenge you on this notion that sure. I'm sure that in your, your professional career, mainly sure. you, you would have, you know, you wouldn't experience this hundred percent of the time. You definitely come across people who are were confrontational, or even if you are nice to them or, or try to show them the, uh, let's say a win-win situation that they, mm. they've been resistant and they've been difficult. I mean, I, I'm sure you've mm -hmm. experienced that. Have you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I think you have uh, people of, of all backgrounds, all, all cultures, all, um, um, all inclinations that you come across uh, in, in life. And um, again, like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, different things may work for different people. Um, but I think just for my sanity and my state of mind, if I'm screaming and shouting, um, it's bad for me. It's bad for my state of mind. So, so yeah, you're right. I mean, you're not going to have perfection. You're not going to have every interaction that works your way. Um, but, but I think that's, that's, that's just the way life is, isn't it? You know, I, I always draw parallels to sports. I think people who play sports have this natural resistance to what life throws at you. You know, you, you have that because hmm. say you and I, um, say, say you as an example, you show up, it's your first day at university, it's a new country, uh, you don't know anyone, you've met everyone for the first time in your dorm room, etc. You go down to the basketball court, you see some, you see some people playing pick, pick up basketball, right? And you say, hey, can I jump in? And they go, sure, come in. Um, maybe two people on that on the basketball team are friends, right? So they're going to pass the ball to each other. And so they, they're going to have this, this tighter bond and you, you sort of see them playing more. And then that once or twice or thrice when they do pass the ball to you, if you do something amazing with that, they go, ah, okay. Oh, I see this dude. Yeah, I see this guy. Uh -huh. So he, he's capable of, you know, he, he's demonstrated a, a competency. So let me pass the ball to him next time when there's a scoring opportunity, whatever. So uh, I think it's, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say unfair. I think it's unfair to expect people to give you a hundred percent unless you have demonstrated to them that you are competent, and they and there's 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 trust. And I mean, I guess that's what team building exercises are for, right? You have different departments who don't talk to each other, and suddenly on you know you're, you're playing on the same team, and you have to rely on someone else to deliver on a certain goal. So uh, that, that's my take on. I think yeah. I think people warm up to you and if you can demonstrate competency i think you will win most times um and and like i said i, I think being the opposite is is a short-term game that, that that's my that's my experience it's it's a very i mean i look i think this is a very like uh, either way kind of subject because you know i would love to have sure. someone here on the show that would then even challenge this even more. I'm, I'm challenging sure. it because it's leading into another question that I have. Sure, sure. Uh, but before I move to it, I just want to comment on the team building exercises you're talking about. In a way, I want to say that I don't 100% believe in that type of uh, in, a, in, a, in a team building exercise because that is a forced situation where you're asking people to more sure. or less work together. Yes, it sure. could work. But then it's only like a temporary effect. I've, you know, in my mm -hmm. my professional career, and I, I'm sure you, you've experienced it as well. I very much prefer those moments where you're in a very very bad situation and try to get through and reach a goal, 
and you have basically um i want to say been on so much pressure with your teammates you have to you have to build that bond you're forced mm-hmm. in a different way you build that bond and uh, and then you guys have that thing to remember yes we made it through together i feel those sure. experiences are much more valuable than a a forced team building exercise in a you know maybe some hotel lobby or uh, or like some <laughs> room where you've gone and like oh let's all go meet and let's try sure. to work something out so that's that's my comment on it and and the reason why um, you know i i i'll ask this question to you is because it leads into my second question which is i mean sure. your work is mainly sales mm-hmm. um, am i correct in saying that uh, uh, correct yes and and sales and again this is you just cut me off if i'm saying something wrong but sure. sales in a way is a confrontational um uh i want to say skill it's all about making those calls getting the leads hearing from someone that this person might be interested pushing that person uh and really very much so being you know with your ear to the ground and kind of like sure. figuring out where things are but do you so you can tie it back to your common collected mm-hmm. answer mm-hmm. but also answer this to me is it sure. do you think that sales is uh, or like being a salesman is a skill that can be uh can be learned or is it something that you're born with and i'm 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 asking that because there may be people that may think like me who may say i'm not a salesperson i can't do it or i can sell something that i believe in or you're just someone who you know if it's your job and you're going to sell this car you're going to sell this car and if it's a different brand sell it all the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um th- th- there's many ways to look at it i think if you have a a naturally um outgoing or or social personality where you like meeting people interacting with them and having shared experiences with them uh, i think sales would suit you um you, you know um ali sales is is a transaction where both parties um are are giving each other value right you could go to noon or amazon um and you believe in the platform you you like the interface you like the prices so you don't mind parting with your money because you believe you're getting value as long as that's the case and if if that's how you define sales that's fine it's it's all good man because you, clearly both parties are are exchanging equal value this is how much this costs and this is what you'll get in return um now um is it good to use deceptive methods when when you sell something um uh, you know maybe that's an old school philosophy you see it all the, all the time now in e-commerce platforms you buy something you realize whatever you saw in the picture actually doesn't match what's the return policy it's immediate they don't even ask you questions you mm-hmm. you you call them you message them say hey come and pick it up i don't like this they refund you the money and it's done so cl- clearly that is the way forward um you know when it comes to the way business is conducted where you have complete transparency uh, and there's there's an equal um exchange of value um sales gets a bad rep obviously because you know um you're you're thinking of maybe credit card salesman and and thank god i'm not you know yeah thank god that 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 isn't the case uh, for 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 us because you know you have instances where 
you walk into a gas station and someone says, do you need a credit card? And, you know, you, you wonder, you, you wonder, does this person even know me or, you know, do they even know what my requirements are? Have they qualified me? You know, it's, it's just, hey, take it because I have a target to fulfill. So, um, it, it, dude, it depends on the type of organization you're in. It depends on the product that, that you're selling. Um, but, but if e-commerce platforms are the model, uh, are the future, then it's clear that sales isn't a gimmicky game. It isn't a game of deception. It is a game of, of e equal exchange of value. Uh, and if, if that's the way forward, because we can see it clearly, then that's a good thing. And I think people ought to, uh, ought to do that. Uh, what do I love about, about sales or uh, and sales in, in general is exactly what we're doing right now. You and I are sitting, we're exchanging stories, we're, we're trying to understand each other. And, and in the process of understanding each other, I, I get to qualify or understand whether you need the service I have to offer or whether you need that sometime in the near future. Um, and like I said, if the other party is comfortable in, in giving you money and you're, you're comfortable delivering the service, it's, it's all good and there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love the, the relationship building element of sales where you meet someone for the very first time and they, they tell you where they're from, you know, how they came to Abu Dhabi or Dubai, you know, uh, how they've started a new life, what their interests are. I love that bit about uh, about the job. And, and, and frankly speaking, that's how it should be. It should be about relationship building and truly understanding what, what the need the need is, as opposed to shoving something that down someone's throat when they don't need it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, don't, look, don't get me wrong. For sure, I think I think using e-commerce is a very easy example to kind of sure. uh, sell the idea of sales, if you want to sure. put it that way. It's a very easy example. And, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't kind of like talking about that kind of sales because in sure. a way, you know, online online shopping has now changed. Like obviously, it's changed the landscape uh, crazily because there's no there's nobody that's harassing you to buy something. Mm -hmm. nobody mm -hmm. that is there's nobody there that's saying oh you need to buy this okay you have the sales and you have all these different things but sure. you know if you're an avid shopper or if you're somebody who knows your way around the website you can very much take your time and just Absolutely. browse as much as you want um, Absolutely. and uh, for for you know on as many products as you want in the mm -hmm. comfort of your own home so so very much i'm not talking about you know that kind of sales because that's an easy way to 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 say sure. this is a good thing i was i was more more uh, talking about this your your the second part of your answer which was about really meeting somebody uh, building sure. a relationship sure and then sure. and some people have that innate ability to kind of they have that way yes of 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 or it's like a charisma about them to kind of convince someone that yes i mm -hmm. want to sell i want to give you my money in exchange for the service yes, that you're yeah. offering. Absolutely. Uh, that's why I think there's maybe it's a mixed type of answer, but you know, I was looking for either this or that. I think it's it can be mixed. Like some people might be born with it, somebody, some people can learn it. I think also what it's important is to try to um I, I think your whole life you are playing salesman. Whether it's mm -hmm. you know, I mean this is the the I think I would I would like kind of highlight the whole thing that way. I would say your life, you're always 
selling yourself to others in a way Absolutely. what i say you are like when you go to a job interview you are selling yourself to that person saying mm-hmm. this is who i am these are my credentials i can sure. offer you value so pay me money you know it's sure. kind of it's kind of like sure. that so i think i think uh if i were to answer my own question i would say there you're already a salesman it's just what are you good at selling and mm. are you good at selling your brand are you good at selling your skill set are you good at selling a concept you know mm-hmm. when we talk about entrepreneurs so i think it's very much you know as you were speaking i was very much thinking about that that and it's just really you are you are always selling something whether it's mm-hmm. your brand whether it's your skill set an idea yeah an idea uh, anything uh, like that. a way of life yeah no, no absolutely i think that essentially is is what this is about but again i, I really believe um much like anything you know i think you build a business for for the foreseeable future right you don't build a business for a year or two years you build something that will last a decade or a couple of decades and if that's the case i think your your resources are better spent building those relationships you know not those hack jobs you know I, i'm mm-hmm. in and out i didn't deliver something properly you know someone's pissed off none of that you know you, you build the long term um and if you invest properly which is invest in relationships invest in building a product that your team can get behind you know how, how important is that is that you, you really believe in, in 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 what you're selling and you're confident that this is actually good for the customer because like i said there's no more hiding anymore it, 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 we, keep, we keep we keep talking about how the game has changed and how uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording is you, you had these these clergymen these these people who had all this knowledge and no one else knew so you know you could say whatever you want but but now you have a situation where information is easily accessible i was uh, there was this virtual conference i was attending where this guy was talking about um selling cars online i mean can you imagine hmm. buying a car online i mean you know, this part of the world or at least culturally speaking we're so used to touching and feeling and you know getting a sense of how something is and he's saying no oh, man if you have high resolution pictures if you have all the information transparently indicate that that, that there is a previous history of accidents no, no accidents but more importantly um he, he mentioned that there is a seven day exchange policy no mm. questions asked if you don't like what you see give it back we'll take it back so we're he- we're headed into an era an era of of transparency and if if you're hiding if you're deceptive it will show and it's going to be bad for you bad for your reputation so yeah man that that's the way forward yeah i i i want to really i want to like move on this this is so exciting all the things that we're talking about i want to end this kind of part by saying also sure. how you were mentioning about you know if, if people are buying cars online i mean this is now very this is the norm it's the norm now mm. and if you go like unfortunately the tragic passing of tony say the 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 founder of 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 zappos um mm-hmm. he came up with, i mean he just recently passed away by the time this show airs you know this time would have been passed but um he sold this concept as well as that you know who who even thought of you buying shoes online mm-hmm. if you buy shoes like i people all say no but i i need to know if it fits if sure. i know if sure. i can walk in them can i wear this for 5 years without feeling pain the concept of shoes uh, 
is very much re readily acceptable to go and like buy something than a car. But if I'm going to do that, I need to make sure that the shoe fits, right? It, that's literally yeah. the, 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 the saying, does the shoe fit? <laughs> but I think that he, he was such a genius in, in that way that he hacked this idea and he said, you know what? Because this is where everything came after, you know, mm -hmm. Amazon, Amazon mm -hmm. bought them and all. he said, you know what? It doesn't fit free returns mm. it back. And that's where kind of the concept mm -hmm. came, came out and it just goes back to what you just said previously. I'm just connecting the dots here. Um, and yes. his, his business, like his, his, his vision for his business was like, I wanted, you know, to make employees happy when mm. I make my employees happy, the customers are happy. And they had such a very low, like higher rate because of how dedicated someone must be into making employees, I mean, making the customer happy. And I think yeah. this is, this is, again, comes back to use what you're saying is you build a product, which you can get behind. And, and it is somebody like him, you know, the company ended up being bought by Amazon and, and this mm. notion of, you know, free returns, free shipping, if, if it doesn't work is, mm. is it's the norm now. Is the norm. It's the norm. It's the norm. It's the norm. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so now, man, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna take this, uh, this, this moment to ask you uh, uh, sure. this question. So, uh, throughout your life, what can you say has been like uh, the most significant inflection point? And the reason I ask this, I say this because, again, I said before, I don't know you so well, but I feel that there is something that happened in your life to then put you on a, this path that you're on. There's something that must have happened and you're like, sure, I'm taking control of my life. I'm, you know, going to take the bull by the horns and I'm, I'm sure. driving this car, you know, uh, sure. am I right to think that? I mean, I think you are right in, in many ways. Um, and, and I will talk about that one instance that, that, that I truly believe sort of changed the course of, of, of many things for me. But, but I think, you know, we're, we're third culture kids. We, you know, our parents came from another country. We were born in another country. So we sort of don't have the same patriotic fervor as, as our parents did, no, nor do we know, nor do we feel the same about, you know, any other place. Um, and I think what that does for you is it sort of, it, it helps you question a lot of content your sort of conventional thoughts, you know, why are certain things acceptable in your culture? Why are certain things forbidden in your culture? And I think the more you, the more questions you ask and, and the deeper you go into understanding the reasons, um, the more you, the more you learn about, um, you know, how, how we came about creating certain rules. I mean, most rules are, are man-made, you know what I mean? Uh, someone said something at some point that now applies to me. And I, I didn't come up with that. I wasn't, you know, born with that. Why does it apply to me? So I think just, just having that freedom to, to explore ideas um, and, and read about different cultures, uh, it, it really broadens your horizon. I think it really, it really helps your outlook in life. That this is what I want to do. And this is where I want to go without any baggage, with, without any external influences, without any pressures, you go, this is, this is the, the path I want to chart for myself. And I think one of those instances in my life, I would say, is, um, is the moment I met, I met my wife. So 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this story, but um, I think one of the most intriguing figures in sort of boxing history or sports history, or just for, for someone with, with a cult personality is, is Mike Tyson. I mean, if you, if you look at his life from where he started to where he ended, it, it's, it's a complete roller coaster, right? Uh, and I know I, I mentioned that I want to talk about UFC and, and, and boxing because it's, um, it's, it's an intriguing, they are intriguing sports. But just to give you some background, Mike Tyson was, was in, a, in a juvenile center at the age of 14, Ali, all right? So he, he's caught for stealing. He's in a juvenile center. He goes, to the, the, he goes to the recreational area of the center where there's a boxing ring, right? And he's naturally a heavy set guy. Like even at 14, he was, a, he was a big dude. And someone says, why don't you jump into the ring and start sparring? And sort of the moment that happened, it, it led to, it led to all these other occurrences where, you know, someone called someone saying, listen, you, you need to watch out for this kid. This kid is amazing in the ring, you know, he could be the next big thing. And, and then he ends up meeting his mentor uh, at the age of 15 or 16, who says, you are going to be the next world champion, right? So this dude is this father figure that he was missing in his life, reinforced the fact that he could be great. He could be something that he isn't because he, you can imagine someone who's in a juvenile center, right? Broke you know, everything that you can imagine. So at 14, he's in a juvenile center, in a juvenile center. At 19, he is the world heavyweight boxing champion <laughs> in the space of five years. I mean, can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? And with that comes the fame, the fortune, the notoriety, and, and, and sort of the abusive you know, time of his life where he was into yeah. the partying and the women and the drugs. And uh, he has he has a criminal conviction. He goes away to jail for three years in his prime of boxing, comes back, wins the world championship again. But in all that, in all in that entire roller coaster ride, if you if you hear the man now, and, and he was fighting recently, he had an exhibition match. Um, he he's completely calmed down like he, he he's 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 a different person to what he was in his prime I mean he was he was called the baddest man on the planet that was his nickname right Iron Mike baddest man on the planet mm -hmm. uh he had a reputation of, of like if you looked at me a different way <laughs> you're gonna get knocked at whether you're a reporter or, or someone on the street and he credits him meeting his wife for oh, that wow. change for for, for that that that, that yeah. calming presence on his sort of ruthless, you know, instinct, uh, as you would. And the funny thing is that you see that in, in many, many great men, them, them saying they met someone, they, they met a life partner who, who changed the way they thought and, and helped them understand where they were supposed to be going. Anyway, um, I met my wife 10 years ago, um, uh, 10 years ago, and um, um, she was smarter than me had achieved more than me. And for someone, like I said, you know, when you play sports, you're competitive, you're competitive as a person and you go, so, so for me, she was almost a person to aspire to, you know, that, oh, I want to be like her. I want to match what, you know, what she's done, what she's achieved. Um, and I think in, in many ways that that was an inflection point in my life ongoing. Well, then I need to take charge, then I need to make us, you know, certain decisions in my life 
So it, it's funny how how just meeting someone, uh, it could be a friend, it could be your spouse, it could be anybody, meeting someone who understands you uh, and can show you where you need to go can can change your entire outlook on life. Uh, these are some great parallels that you've just, you know, you know, set up beside each other. And I, I think uh, I want to comment on, you know, um, the fact that, you know, when you met your wife, she, she, you know, she was smarter than you, she had yes. achieved more than you. And I think um, I, you know, I aspire the same way to, 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 to be with someone who is, you know, be with oh, uh, someone who is better than me, uh, absolutely. earns more than me and can, you know, because I do, I agree with you. And I think that again, uh, challenging the notion of, you know, especially culturally, as well as that, it's usually sure. the male who should be in that kind of position, sure. which I think is, it, sure. it's no no longer the case. Not even I don't think it's even right because it's just a it's just happenstance or a circumstance. Um, sure. Similar to what you know Mike Tyson went through, and I think that mm. this is I mean it's a very great story that you've you've shared. And I think again it just makes us want to aspire to that. I, I would mm. I would challenge it. You know I would challenge sure. again. You're giving me a sure. lot of uh, uh, opportunities to challenge. I would, I would just say because I, I, I've said this on the show many times before, and I, I kind of still stand by it all the time. Is that I wouldn't, you know, I, I what what you just mentioned and what I mentioned is is great. It's always great to have someone to aspire to, but I sure. would also say don't like don't wait to find that someone. You know, don't mm-hmm. wait to find someone to also maybe because like let's take mike tyson for example he was the best the baddest man on the planet he was Mm. the world heavyweight boxing you know Mm. he's achieved you know Mm. you can do that too and not necessarily have to have have to meet somebody for you to then go oh now i want to start achieving i would just say Mm. that i would just say that you know i think there's a very i wouldn't say fine line i just think there's very there's another way is also for yourself internally don't think that you need to wait for to find someone to start achieving you know achieve as much as you can and thank god you meet somebody and you want to aspire to you know that's uh, amazing but i I would just say you know again i would challenge it a bit and say you know don't don't wait because you don't have time you don't have time to wait absolutely no there's there's no time to wait man where we are all uh, mortal beings uh and and yeah um <laughs> absolutely it, it's one life you live and um if, if you can i mean the sooner you can find your purpose um you know the, the sooner you know you can be on your way uh, that, that, that's very very important yeah. yeah um well no man i i i this this whole okay so we've been talking for 47 minutes now okay uh, wow okay <laughs> And these are all my introductory questions, just to put things into perspective. Um, (laughs) um, I do have one more question here, which I'm going to, I'm going to keep it till the end uh, because I want to get into, you know, the talking points here Mm -hmm. since we've touched on a lot of different subjects and, and, and I feel that this is now, this is the right time. So Sure. I want to, I want to hand over the, you know, I want to hand over the keys to the show, driving the, the steering wheel to you. And sure. let's just do a, you know, just do a debate between each other on these topics. Let's go through them. I'll go through sure. my last question from the introductory ones later. And Beauty. I think Absolutely. let's, you know, let's just take it from there. Sure. 
Sure. Um, I think there's one thing I mentioned that, that I wanted to talk about was sort of um, podcasts as a platform of communication, right? Um, yeah. We've talked about the Joe Rogan experience and how he sort of revolutionized the way ideas are expressed. I, I, I think Joe Rogan's done more for adult education than I would say most schools and universities. Uh, I, I can swear by that. You, uh, you know, the fact that he brings these subject matter experts on a show and he's able to ask these interesting questions, these introspective questions and get the best out of them. Um, and I think, I think one thing that this format a podcast has done is sort of dispelled the notion that people don't want to learn. And, and, and I truly believe that, you know, how we, we feel, well, you know, most people choose to be entertained. They'd rather listen to music. They'd rather watch a show. Uh, they'd, rather, they'd rather watch a movie than read a book. Right. Um, but, but I really believe that I think video as a format and even podcasts as a format have changed. That. I think, I think if you can give someone a glimpse of any subject, right? Be it math, be, be it archaeology, be, be it uh, any of the sciences, and, and tell them why it's interesting and, and why it's revolutionary, you'll have their attention. You know, as long as it's delivered in a format that's feasible, you know, if it, let me give you an example. And I think I've talked about um, sort of ancient civilizations, which is very interesting, right? Because it sort of helps you understand how people before us lived and what they did and what, what, what was their culture like? How did they speak? How did they interact? Um, you're familiar with the Pyramid of Giza in, in Egypt, right? Yeah. Um, it's one of the oldest man-made structures on earth. And, and I think one thing I find the most fascinating about Egyptian culture or just the Pyramid of Giza in, in particular is that it was the tallest man-made structure on earth for close to 3,000 years before, I think it was the St. Paul's Cathedral in, in England or some of these cathedrals in Europe around that century, the 12th, 13, 14th. So I think the Pyramid of Giza was about, about 130 meters and then you had these cathedrals that took over 3,000 years later, right? And then you had the Eiffel Tower, which was 300 meters. Then you had the, the Empire State Building, which was 400 meters. And now you have the Burj Khalifa, which is 828 meters. But I mean, I mean, if I tell you that, you go, hold on, you're telling me that, that ancient Egyptians were, were experts at, at math, science, you know, architecture, engineering. I mean, were they, were they such experts for them to have built that? And the moment I give you that, that little thing, you go, you know what? I'd love to read more about how, 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 the, how the Pyramid of Giza was made. I'd love to know more about which pharaoh was, was in power. You know, who was the leader of, 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 of the Egyptians then? So I, I think that's what this format has done is for, for education and sharing of ideas. I love that. I love the fact that um, I don't have to tell you, Ali, for you to understand the Pyramid of Giza, go read a 600-page book. The moment yeah. I say that to you, I've lost you. You're not going to yeah, re yeah. read a 600-page book. But if I can show you a, a three-minute video that sort of gives you the meat of the matter, you're, you're in, you're connected. You're, you're like, you know what? Let me learn more. That's what I love, love, love uh, about this format. I mean, I would, I would love to be able to see a graph which can show these are the people who want to learn, 
and get into podcasts or who have this appetite to learn and watch videos and even read books to a certain extent and to watch documentaries. And I would like to see also that graph to see these are the people who are not interested in these types of things because, mm-hmm. because you have that. And dare I say it, I am that person from time to time. I can be that mm. person where I go like, I'm not interested. I'm not, not mm. that I'm not interested in the subject. I'm not interested mm. in learning about this thing right now. You know, because sure. I think it's very important to mention this here is that the fact that you need to also internally have this um, thirst for knowledge or that mm. you want to learn and I'm going to be an advocate for those people who don't have it. They, they, some people don't have it. They, some people, they, mm. um, they have naturally innate street smart. They have, mm. um, they just don't, they feel that w- what they know right now is enough and do not need to learn more within the moment or they can learn sure. as they go along. But, sure. you know, the way that the world is right now, uh, how podcasts have grown, video has grown, the access to information has made people more curious and believe yes. it or not it's not me saying that if you go to youtube videos online of people sharing information whether it's history mm. or absolute sciences you'll find it and and i think i think this is the it's just i mean that's because it's so easy to access that information it's so easy to access it as you said you know it's just a search it's just a search away. You can just... It's, it's a search away. Uh, Ali, you know, just, just taking a step back on, on this conversation, I, I, I truly believe, I truly believe that learning is, is, has been made intimidating to people. Yes. It's physics or chemistry, geology. What? No, I'd rather listen to, you know, I'd rather watch. I, I think we've done a horrible job of making things exciting and accessible to people. And that's why learning is intimidating. I think the moment you, I mean, mean, how many people know about quantum physics? How do you even define quantum physics? And I think you're doing a disservice to learning if you cannot break a complex idea down to a sentence or two sentences. And, And this again goes back to my earlier point about, you know, holders of of knowledge and power not doing a good job of disseminating it right if more people knew if more people understood they'd be better off they'd be better off in in some shape or form in their lives so you look you you look back at school you look back at university you know the way things have been taught and, and like i said you go to the comment section of all of these tutorials that you were mentioning and people go and I've learned more in this, yeah, 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 in this tutorial than I did back in class. Now, now, again, granted that I don't think we had the, the attention span in class, given that there were so many more distractions, right? Yeah, because so, we were young and you know uh, everything was colorful. But, but uh, I mean that—that's what I believe. I think if you can make it accessible, easy to digest, I think people I mean, there is a natural curiosity that people have. But if you keep getting shut down saying, well, I don't have an answer to this, or that's too complicated to understand. People will stop asking questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to, like, I also don't want to do a, a disservice to teachers. And I want to say yes. that yes. definitely in this period right now, there are different teaching methods. But see, there's two there's two things here. Uh, and then we can move on to the, the, sure. the, the next topic. Um, 
there's two things here. Um, teachers, and I, I learned this from a recent uh, new new friend, and she's a teacher herself, and and sure. she 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 changed the way I you know I I always believe that teachers are the are the uh, uh, how you say like the the lost heroes you know the the people who mm. who who you know they they you know they pass along the knowledge but she added something to that for me she said mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that the job of a teacher is to give knowledge you know in the hopes that this person will take that knowledge and become great mm-hmm. so that person will be remembered and the teacher itself or the teacher herself or himself is forgotten that's mm-hmm. the job that's the job of a teacher is to pass mm-hmm. along knowledge and be forgotten and when she said mm-hmm. that sentence to me it just really struck with me and just i had gave me a very different view about how teachers are because sure. they really are the unsung heroes sure but to add to that i understand the format of schools i mean we've all been through it you understand this format of schools you need to sit in a class listen to the teacher listen to all these instructions uh, I, can, can i can i jump in for a second yeah go ahead do, do, do you remember the name of of any of your teachers that were really inspiring in grade 4 or grade 7 or grade do you remember the name of that teacher some of them i would say some some so you, some, you not all. The full name? Of course, not no, no, all. No, no, but, not but, yeah. all. But, yeah. But 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 that's what I'm talking about, right? There, mm. there were some teachers, and, and again, this is not this is in in no way um, a slight on anyone. I mean, you know, who, who am I to to judge anyone? But you remember those teachers. You remember the teacher that yeah. made you fall in love with the subject. You remember the teacher that 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 broke down a complex concept into such a simple form. You understood it immediately. You remember yeah. the teacher that said. You know what? You can do better than this. Um, and so, that, that, that is that is teaching, then, right? If you can remember the full, I remember full names. I remember some some names of of, of English teachers in, in in high school. That that you, I remember my my accounting teacher because um, the, the teachers used to sit in the same staff room, right? The, the same sort of common area. And I remember my English teacher showing not remember that i mean i was told that my my english teacher showed um one of the essays i wrote to my accounting teacher and she was like why why can't you why can't you work at, at, as hard at accounting <laughs> i mean you can do this in english why can't you do so so um dude that th- that is teaching right if you can get the best out of someone and again like i said there's no slight on anyone ali you remember those teachers I remember those teachers and yeah. I, you will never forget those teachers. You will, you will tell your kids about them. Like, you know what? I had this one um, and, and she did this for me and I'll never forget that. So yeah, th- th- that, that, that is teaching for me. And, um, but yeah, t- times have changed and, and technology has, has facilitated learning like, like, like no other. No, definitely. There's the, look, uh, you know, we could, we could spend that whole episode on just talking about that kind of stuff. So Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to. So again, um, all these points are valid, and it even goes back to which kind of students digest which subjects better than others, because that is the case as well. So it's it's very important to kind of keep M- that in many mind. variables. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Many, many, variables. many variables. Many variables. Many variables. Absolutely, absolutely. Neuralink. Let's talk yes. about Neuralink. Yes. Yes. I, I think uh, I mean you sent me a video, and I've I've 
I've watched the video and uh, you see sure. like for me as a tech person, as a geek, as a, sure. someone who plays video games, as someone who's like into this kind of stuff. To me, this is this is like uh, this is a normal path. It's this is where things should be going, and this is sure. uh, cool, weird, and crazy and and scary place. But it's not scary in a way because I kind of know that this is going to happen at some point. Sure, sure. But I have a couple of questions here, and sure. maybe you can comment and talk about you know how the the, the Matrix uh, helicopter scene is related to this. But sure. but for sure, me, sure. it's like it's like it's like you know, Elon Musk has, you know, put this concept forward and, and just, it's probably been a concept in so many people's minds, but he was like, you know what, we're going to do it now. We're going to make it happen. And it's just like, sure. there's my, my, I have a couple of questions. It's like, how can sure. your brain be so precise mm -hmm. for you to get those exact movements that you want, especially if you're a surgeon and then there's a robot that is connected to your brain and making those movements. Second question, <laughs> doesn't this invade your own privacy? I mean, obviously your new Mind control? Yeah, it can, about mind mind control? <laughs> yeah it, can be, it can be hacked. Literally someone could hack into your brain and make you do things. Sure. And, and, and then again, I want to always play uh, devil's advocate here and say, the mind is the only, the one and only unhackable device. Why, mm -hmm. why give it a back door? You know, so... Sure. Go ahead and, and, and answer how you want to. Sure, sure. sure. Um, uh, so, so Neuralink, for anyone who, who's watching and probably isn't familiar, but uh, the concept essentially is that human beings in the near future will be implanted with a chip, and that chip will basically be um, an extension um, of, of that human being in the sense that, you know, how we all have smartphones, and, and um, you know, say, Ali goes, look up, when the pyramid of Giza was made, and then I pick up my smartphone and I search for it, you won't have to do that because that smartphone is going to be sitting right inside your brain. And I talked about the matrix, the scene from the matrix. I think people have seen the first part. Remember that Trinity was the girl um, and Neo, that they're walking towards the helicopter and Neo asks her, do you know how to, to ride a helicopter? And she goes, not yet. And she calls someone and they basically download instructions on how to fly a helicopter into her brain. And then she flies it and she kills all uh, Mr. Smith and all those, all those bad guys. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine, I, I mean, you, we were talking about teachers, right? We were talking about students, students of different caliber. Imagine you could download an entire encyclopedia into your brain and you know everything. I mean, this is all theoretical. I think it's in the testing phase, but I mean, this this might as well this might as well be um, we might as well be a new species. You know, you have Homo sapiens, uh, that's us, which is the, the 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 intelligent human being or the wise human being. We may just become something else completely uh, as a species if we can actually do that. Um, you, you know, um, again, I, I'm not I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a uh, science or a tech not geek, but I'm not as well-read as maybe other people are. I mean, Elon Musk is an intriguing character. I mean, what he's done for for, for the space race, for green technology, for you know, electrical cars. I mean, it's, it's amazing what he's done. And he's doing this with sort of neurotechnology. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's this 
it's mind-boggling that this could happen. Uh, you were talking about um, a backdoor, or you were talking about how the brain is unique. And I mean, you know, Ali, there are so many variables that, that are, there are so many things happening at the same time. So to go back to your point, I think I was reading, or, or rather a friend was commenting when we were having these, these conversations that at, at the moment, we, we, ca we cannot create a human brain. Like we, we don't have the means to create something as complex as a human brain. What, we, what scientists have supposedly achieved is that they've mimicked the, the brain of a, um, a worm. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the worm. I'm forgetting the, the, the type okay. of, but it's obviously yeah. a very basic, basic function of, of a worm. Like they've tried like a to- Like tapeworm or something like that? Maybe. Yes, something, I look it up online after, I guess. Um, so they've, they, they've attempted to do that. I mean, the, the human brain is so complex. We haven't cracked it. And, so, and yet we have Neuralink on the horizon. Um, and, and, you know, to go back to your point with something I, I read or rather watched, which was, which really struck me is that someone was talking about uh, facial recognition. Did, did the iPhones come up with facial recognition? You sort of uh, threw your retina. Was it some smartphone that came up with, with facial recognition? So you basically show your retina. It was the iPhone. It scans your face. It was the iPhone. It was the iPhone, right? Okay, perfect. So, so I think there were issues initially with that, where if, if you were wearing a cap, mm -hmm. it couldn't, it couldn't read it. it. It couldn't recognize or open your phone. And then I think there was this tech guy who was saying that, you know, a child could be sitting in a baseball park and they could spot their parent in the near distance. And just by the silhouette of the parent, the child will know that's their parent. And here you have an iPhone that can open because you're wearing a cap. You know, it's, it's clearly the brain is is that complex but, but but you see this is this is why look see this is where you know i i very much this is very intriguing to me this is very much something like i'm not i'm not someone who's against it i'm just asking the obvious questions oh oh, oh sorry, sorry. But, yeah sorry go ahead go ahead but but i want to say is see this this example you just gave hmm. it's it's that's one of those specific examples where scientists come and say, let's still strive to make a machine that can live, feel, think, and, and move and do all these things as a human. And sure. again, I tell you, because, you know, I've watched these things and I, I even, even let's, let's even reference the matrix, you know, how the, what the matrix is all about, how it's all, you know, the machines control. And if you've watched the animatrix, which was the, uh, the animated no. version of, of the Matrix. Okay. Basically, it's showing you, I mean, I think for anyone who hasn't watched it, you should watch the Animatrix because it's basically nice. uh, shows you the story before Matrix 1, 2, and 3. It's like, how did hmm. the humans get oh, to that point? Okay. They, talk, they talk about the war between between the humans and okay. machine. Okay. I watched it when I was quite young because Matrix came out when I was quite young. I watched it and that movie was, I mean, the Animatrix, that, that anime, more or less, was so, it was so, uh, I want to say traumatizing for me because I, you know, because of, or because I'm a geek and all that stuff, I imagine these things would happen in the future. And I think this example you gave is one of the, the reasons why scientists will strive to like, how can we get this, how can we make a brain to 
sure. to sure. identify that oh sure this child knows that this is the parent because now sure. even now with masks and and the covid 19 environment sure. people were saying oh phones not going to be able to to uh, recognize sure. your face because you're wearing mm. a mask but they're learning and this is where sure. google is implementing you know machine learning in its phones and all that kind of stuff they sure. are learning machines mm-hmm. can learn and artificial intelligence and that was the end of your neuralink video is you become symbiotic with mm-hmm. neuralink and this is the goal i think this is the goal sure. is that you are you are half man half machine and i think sure. again just saying that kind of gives me a bit of mm. goosebumps mm. but again it kind of makes me a bit scared if you think about it because it goes back to, for example, the, you know what you talked about uh, uh, the Eiffel Tower or the the the, the Giza pyramid. For example, mm. the Eiffel Tower was a feat of extreme human excellence and suffering at the same time. Like the the the, the architect, you know, had to come up with this this design and and pushed himself to this limit to to be able to create something that was in just in his mind and now stands as a like as a as a symbol of of human ingenuity and architecture mm-hmm. and all that and mm-hmm. i think if you have a machine that could do that you kind of lose the essence again i'm not just saying we shouldn't i'm just saying there's you lose you lose the the brilliance of the human mind this um, is the sure. <laughs> this is where uh, I the, think... Ali, there's, there's so many elements here i i think one element is that this is inevitable this is this is inevitable. I mean, uh, what what the internet did for for the information age, this yeah. is inevitable. Whether we like it or not, this will happen. And I think what's really exciting there is that, you know, we always cite movies, Star Trek, Star Wars, The Jetsons. Um, so it's almost as if if the human mind can imagine it, it can be. They will so. materialize yes. it. It can be so. It's it's amazing, isn't it? From from yeah. all those shows back back then, you have Alexa now sort of controls the heat, like you know the music, all of that in your home. Yeah. So hovering you have, cars, you know, robots, hovering, hovering buses, all that kind of stuff. It, it will yeah. it, it will happen. Now, um, I was having a conversation with a friend, um, and th- th- there's two elements here. The the first one is, I think, uh, I, I think almost the the. No, I'll come I'll come to this afterwards. I have two. I have two girls, right? They they are six and they are one. Um, when they are born, I have to teach them how to hold a spoon, how to eat, how to walk, how to run, how to look out for a car, or, or, you know, on the road, how to learn. So literally, human beings every generation go back a cycle, to then go forward a cycle. Like my kids weren't born with anything, but in thirty years when they have their own kids, it's going to be the same thing all over again. They're going to to start from zero. So Neuralink, and and it's not just that. It's it's the fact that we don't learn our lessons. I mean, how many people will remember how many people died in the Second World War? How many people will remember how many people died in the First World War? You know, how many people remember how many people died from from pandemics and and man-made suffering? But almost immediately, if we can be born with that knowledge, hypothetically, you know, we're not going to waste time taking any of those steps. We, it, 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 hypothetically, hypothetically. Don't you think that's a bit overwhelming, though, to be born with that knowledge? The, to be to be at that age, 
and to realize as soon as you're born the amount of suffering that humans have caused i mean maybe it needs to be an age like you need to be 13 for tiktok maybe <laughs> maybe you need to be 13 to have that the chip implanted or maybe when you hit puberty i don't know but all i'm saying is you know how we go it's frustrating that, that i have to Fine. teach someone from zero every time so that was one element and the second element i think which which um which is equally important is that almost any wars we fight uh, i mean you know this i'm from pakistan so india pakistan lebanon you you have the middle east that's, that's been in conflict for for a long long time almost every fight we've fought or the second world war has been about resources has been how much more land can i get how, how many more resources can i get and i think the idea that if not if the machines take over maybe if we can augment our brains through neuralink or even if the machines take over you and i ali won't have to work for a living because almost everything that we need i mean 3d printing will make you a house will make you a car will make you so so you could almost argue that we could then use the time that we have towards more maybe artistic ventures i mean you know how, how many people hate their jobs and they constantly yeah. complaining about their jobs and they're sort of locked into that cycle because they need a monthly income to pay their bills i mean imagine uh, imagine a time where housing is affordable or is free housing mm-hmm. is free mm-hmm. education is not in a school but through through here you know you you've, you've got it food is is plentiful because because we have the super crop now or maybe we start eating insects i don't know because insects are are plentiful yeah um would we be greedy and would we want to fight wars if we had everything taken care of i mean that that that's a net positive of all all of this technology but then you have the mind control elements i i listen i i am very much for everything that you're saying but i'll beg to differ and say that we would still fight you know again you watch series sure. like altered carbon or you watch you know that kind of stuff where sure. people have reached sure. the pinnacle of human existence and sure. they have time for spiritual needs and and a higher you know a Interesting. higher self what, what is this sorry what, what what is this uh, it's an anime uh, no it's it, it was a i mean it's a canceled show on netflix they did two seasons and where oh, okay. it's called altered carbon basically where it isn't you know obviously the very very far future where your body is not really your body it's just a sleeve as they call it and your your consciousness okay it's not even it's not even you know your memory or your brain it's your consciousness is in a kind of like chip or like something like a disk which is called like a stack which is inserted into the human uh, like in the, into the neck and you can mm. only really kill someone for good is by destroy their stack as they say uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. so basically you can shoot someone and take their stack and put them in another sleeve because it's another body and the way the show was amazing uh in the way that it 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 told the story of a character um so uh, like he, that actor with that kind of backstory but played by another actor so Joel Kinnaman was playing Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, playing due to play RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and playing basically, the, he's playing the 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 life of another actor, 
and his consciousness, mm-hmm. but you're only mm-hmm. seeing Joel Kinnaman's body. So again, and he meets these people who are like, there's a, there's a class of people who are way above, you know, the kind sure. of the low sure. people and all that who have reached this higher state. And, and again, it just, it, it, it begs, it begs the question that how far can we go with technology to a certain point where we, we will might lose, you know, our values. Even, I mean, even, watch the movie ready player one you know people get engulfed mm-hmm. into the mm. um into that kind of stuff people even say it now and they say oh with vr people are going to get lost and stuff that is true but i think i think this is where education comes in you need to teach people mm. to kind of make that mm. between the real and the virtual and the how far should we go i mean again we could talk for hours <laughs> uh, Ali, you, you know we're speaking of mind control um uh, and how that, that could be to the detriment of, of the human civilization if, if everyone had a chip and, and you could program everyone to think a certain way. But you know what's funny is that we already have that. People are indoctrinated. You know, whether it's nationalism or some ism, people are indoctrinated. And the moment you threaten that indoctrination, they, you know, it, it, so what do you want? Do you want an equal world where everyone has access? I mean, here's a stat, right? So China, China has over a billion people. And and I I think the government recently uh, announced that they had finally eradicated absolute poverty. So their definition of absolute poverty is someone who's living under a dollar a day or 30 or $36, $30 a month. So a dollar a day, Ali. Hey, that, that's still poverty, but it's not absolute. Mm-hmm. That's not absolute poverty. You know what I mean? So what this can do for human standard of living is, is tremendous, but there will be a price. Yes. As, as is the case with everything. I, and again, I am, I am with you on this one. I just think <laughs> we have to be very, very much aware of, sure. of how things are going to change. Um, sure. Let's maybe uh, b- take it down a notch and uh, probably talk sure. about um, you know your your growing in, in, in Dubai and then we can sure. uh, we can talk about sports because I know you wanted to talk about sports so sure sure um, I, I mean I think I was I was mentioning earlier that you know when you read history Ali and and you, and you read about great civilizations whether it was the Greeks or the Romans or or even more recently, you, you know, you had um, you had North African countries, East African countries that were sort of centers of power and education and wealth and luxury in the 13th, 14th, 15th century. And you look at those civilizations now and you think, wow, what, you know, what, what happened? I mean, they're, they're destitute, they don't have the right governance and the civil wars. And, and you go, wow, like these guys were like this 500 years ago, or 300 years ago. And I, I think I think we're in a in a very very special place. Living in the UAE, we're in a very special place. That I mean, my, my dad moved here in the late seventies, um, and he's retired. He's he's retired here in, in in Dubai, and I mean he he can literally claim that he lived an entire life without wars 
without poverty, you know, with access to every possible amenity while being an expat in a foreign country. I mean, I mean, I don't think, you know, you were saying people don't realize how easy it is to learn. I don't think people realize how good they have it here. Um, um, and I, I think people have sort of this, this, this mindset that, well, if I don't get the passport, then why waste my time here? And, um, and that's a pet peeve of mine, honestly, for, for someone who grew up in, in this country, just hearing that it's, it's, um, there ought to be more gratitude. And, and I, I, I always say this, you know, what is the, what, what services do you get as the citizen of a country? I'm from Pakistan, right? Uh, I'm a Pakistani. What, what minimum rights should I be getting if I am living in, in my home country? Well, um, I need to have education. I need to have access to good education, right? And you have systems here where you have charitable schools, where you have curriculums from India, from the UK, from, from Australia, you know, you can, France for that matter, you can send your kids to a certain curriculum school. Um, and it can be on any scale. You can have it be affordable, you can have it be expensive, whatever that is. So you have access to education and good schooling, right? So that's one right you better have as, as a citizen of a country. So good education, great. Healthcare, you better have good healthcare. So anyone who lives here has access to health insurance. But more importantly, if you go to a, a, a government hospital and they realize that you, you're a special case where you can afford to pay for that treatment, you have instances where it was free, completely free of charge for someone who isn't a, a citizen of this country. So good education, good healthcare, good infrastructure, man. To be able to get from point A to point B on a smooth highway, you know, with, with highways lit from one end of the country to another. Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, everything I say here, I, I think you can you can trace this back to Lebanon. I can trace this back to Pakistan. Someone who's from Central Asia can trace it back there. And you can see almost in every instance, it's lacking, right? So education, healthcare, good infrastructure, opportunity, career opportunities, right? You, you have a country, you have a leadership, that is constantly looking for the next big thing. How do we elevate our game, right? All the government services are gonna be online now, right? Well, we're gonna have these solutions for the pandemic, these testing centers, we're gonna keep the hospitals free so we can, you can get the sort of non-COVID related, you know, surgeries done there. It, 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 it's, it's amazing that you have access to all of these utilities, all of these services as an expat. And I, and I think the most important thing, Ali, for me at least, is that every human being deserves dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. And you have that here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, you probably don't have the representation in your own home country if, if, if you were to, to go back. And I think, uh, I, I think we, we ought to pay homage to that, to the fact that the leadership of this country had the vision to create something amazing for everyone who lived here on this land, for anyone and everyone. Um, you know, look at the pandemic. It takes one crisis. It takes you one crisis to realize the strength of a government. Um, we have COVID-19, yes, the whole world ridden with that. Um, and you saw early on in the US and even in Europe, people couldn't get tested. You you simply didn't have the option. Or you wait days for find it. Out. Yeah. 
or yeah. you wear gloves. You didn't have the option to find out if you had COVID-19. How, how ridiculous is that? Or you didn't have access to face masks because face masks were out of stock. You know, it's just not there. Um, or you had to pay a significant price to be able to get access to ventilators in the hospitals, which are already short and stuck in the country that, 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 that you're from. And here it's, you know. Non-existent, yeah, it's non-existent. The, the, the... It's, it's, it's non-existent. You, 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 you test positive, there's, 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 um, there, there's, there's protocols to be followed, there's treatments that to be had. It's, I don't think people realize that, I mean, if you can go through your entire lifetime, if you live up to 70 or 80, and not have any of these issues, man, you've lived a life better than probably 90% yep. uh, yeah, of yeah. the population. You know what I mean? So it's something I feel very, very strongly about. And um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something, that's a sentiment I wanted to express. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you kind of answered my, I had a small question on this topic is what's the concept of home to you, given that, um, you know, Dubai is probably more home to you than, uh, than Karachi uh than your 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 hometown and i think um you know it, it goes back to even uh the the episode that i some of the episodes i had done previously where you kind of uh, you know you have your identity as who you are you have your nationality mm. but but home can also be detached from that you can you can always feel another place is is home to you can can give you this this safety and security that you need to say this is my home and have that feeling. And I think it's very difficult to um, express that to people from your home country because um, oh, absolutely. either they've not traveled, not known the, the difference sure. or you may, sure. be, you may be seen as, okay, maybe you didn't suffer as much then you do not have the right <laughs> or something like that. But I mm -hmm. think, again, I don't want to get into that kind of topic, but this, sure. Is, sure. this is kind of the sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and you covered one more right that every citizen should have access to, which is security and <laughs> security, man, for, for you, your, your, your kids, for your property, you have that, you know, it, 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 it's, it's an amazing place. And I mean, like I said, if you're, if you're a third culture kid, you, you probably don't have um, the notion of home. You, you probably don't have that, that. but um I think you're living in a country like the UAE, the UAE, which is extremely progressive. And you see that year on year with the policies that they implement, whether it's foreign policy or, or whether it's domestic policies, you see that, that progressive nature. And it, it, it's very simple. The leadership, I imagine, and, and I'm paraphrasing, is, is looking for nation builders. Do you have a skill set? that can contribute to building this nation. And if you do, then you have fair compensation and you have every right that you would have in your own home country if, you, if conditions were ideal. It's very, very simple. It, it, is, it is opportunity like you've never seen before and it is tax-free. And that again is a huge, huge incentive for, yeah. for many, many people, especially you know people who sort of who, who put a price on, on the work they do. If you're, if you're investing so much time in working, you want to make sure that you're, you're taking home that pay. So, um, yeah, no, uh, um, I mean, I, I love this place. It, it, it is home. It is, it is going to be home. And, 
and yeah, it's, it's, it's about legacy building, man. It's, 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 it's leaving behind a legacy and saying, you know what, this is what, this is the role I played in yeah, building in, a nation. Indeed. And if, 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 if you can do that, that's, that's amazing. Indeed. Indeed. I think for me, it's very much, uh, um, puts a smile on my face because I've, you know, some of the, for example, events that I've attended or places that I've, you know, been to when I was young and then through my work or through my experiences, I got to, I got to work in these places as I've grown older, I've, I got to maybe, um, organize an event somewhere that I've, I've been when I was younger in, in like, I would say is my hometown. Um, mm. so yeah, there's, there's something nice about that. I think, um, and no man, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about sports next. And then I think then I have a couple sure. of final questions Easy. that, that I want to, I want to sure. touch on. Um, sure. you, you said you found boxing and UFC both on the resurgence and, and, and quite, mm. Um, mm. I want to say like these very interesting type sports for me, um, if I would say like UFC, um, I mean, you know, full disclaimer, I, you know, was into it a long time ago and sure. I'm not very much into it right now, but sure. what I've, you know, I, through some of my work and recent experiences, I think I realized that what is intriguing about the sport mm. is the mental, the mental, uh, strain or the mental, toll it could take on someone because if you just imagine it um you might be training for one fight a year sure. and sure. doing all these different things and flying everywhere sure. and you have your teammates with you and and the people in your corner who are helping and pushing you and then you could go to this fight and lose and then that mm. you know that's just you know it's just gone in five minutes or a round sure. or two and all that sure. so so that's what i find intriguing is how do you cope with that mental mm. Mm. that mental punch to the brain you know so so that that's sure. what i find intriguing yeah it, um you know speaking of, i mean these are combat sports right uh in, in every sense and i i think one thing i really like and I, I told you the mike tyson story and you know check out some of the documentaries check out some of uh, you know the stuff covering his life i think for for a casual sports fan we all like sports right um uh, i mean i may not follow the nfl that closely but I know who's playing the Super Bowl. You know, I, I know who, who the players are to watch out for. But I, I think, I think what's what's amazing about sports is that it takes a special personality to make a casual sports fan into a fan mm -hmm. of that specific sport. Mm -hmm. You know what Conor McGregor has done for UFC is really put it on the map. People know the way you know his swag, the way he talks, all of it, and and he sold the sport to to many 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 people by having this this unbeaten record. And you sort of you sort of see that in boxing too. And if I could draw the comparison for you, um, boxing is an old sport, obviously. Um, and there have been times where you've had um, a very dominant boxer in in the game, uh, who's beaten all the other competition, and really no one stood up to them. And you, you see that in the F1 constantly. You know, Lewis Hamilton's going to win his his seventh championship now. So uh, I don't want to use the word boring, but you know, there's no one to stand up to him and say, you know what, I'm going to give you a, a run for your money. Yeah. Uh, but I think in, in boxing, and boxing has had that sort of, you know, peaks and, and troughs. Um, but you finally have, have a situation now in, in the heavyweight division where you have three truly amazing contenders, three truly amazing personalities. You have 
Tyson Fury, who's the lineal champion. You have Anthony Joshua. You have Deontay Wilder. Um, and, and these may, names may sound, may sound you know, foreign if, if you're not following the sport, but all three of them, I mean, could take the belt away from the other at any given time. And just to give you some context, Deontay Wilder is an American boxer. They call him the Bronze Bomber. Uh, so up until he fought Tyson Fury, whose name I've mentioned to you in, in, in the document, uh, he was on a 42-match winning streak, right, Ali? 42-match winning streak, so unbeaten, unbeaten. And of the 42, I think he had 41 knockouts. Like, he knocked out the opponent in 41 instances of, of those 42 matches. And then he ends up fighting Tyson Fury. And they, they end up drawing that first match, right? And, and, and then they fight in a rematch and Tyson Fury wins and wins the belt that Deontay Wilder had. So you go, like you said, the mental toll it takes, you, you, you are God. 42 matches, you have that one punch that can floor anyone and it takes you two matches to make you realize, actually, you're not that You're good. not, you're not, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, um, and, and, and I think... I don't think I enjoyed boxing or combat sports when I was young because I was like, oh, this is, this is a blood sport. You know, it's, it's, it's taxing. It's cruel almost. But um, I don't know. I think the older I get, um, the, the, the more fascinating this gets. Mm. Because, you, you, you know, Ali, you're paying the ultimate price by stepping into the ring. You're willing to get knocked out or you're willing to be crippled do you know what I mean? Like you're paying the ultimate price to be able to say that you have a belt or or, or, or bragging rights. And I don't think, and I mean, I think the bigger the price you pay, um, the more infamy you get. You know, like a modern day gladiator, right? Yeah. Someone who's fighting a lion or you know, a leopard in, in, in the Coliseum. So I think that's what fascinates me. And it's, um, yeah, the UFC is, obviously Abu Dhabi is doing a lot on that front, but it's these, it's these personalities that really convert the average fan to going, oh, wow, look at this dude. He's, you know, he, Indeed. He, he can talk Indeed. to talk and he can fight. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that. I mean, people will relate much to that and you, you have this feeling that you either want to be like them or you want to understand their story. And, mm. and I think that's mm. where... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show is just how you could just learn about someone and understand all the backstory, and later, you know, a few videos down the line, you're learning about the the origins of jujitsu, and you can see all. Then mm. you start to learn about all these different types of people and what oh, they've absolutely. done, and then you oh, realize, wow, the person that I've been following is not as good as these people, and or these people mm. how they fought at that time. So I think. Definitely, I think uh, these sports, the combat sports, these two that you've talked about, um, boxing in a way is something that I also uh, kind of like a lot. And I think it's, it's, I'm glad that we, we touched on those those two sports because I think um, it, they just have those very interesting moments in them and, and, and the, type of, the type of people that are in them. I, I would say that it, it is taxing, like you said, it is, it is scary and I, I, I don't like the trash talk part of it or the show show offiness mm. of it so i wouldn't i wouldn't like look at that i i very much focus on the fight itself and or like sure. somebody's kind of journey to that 
Um, sure. And with our own journey right now, uh, Norman, I want to say that we have, um, in a way, kind of reached the the conclusion uh, with, nice. with with uh, a couple of, of of final questions. Sure. Here. And, sure. And and and. I, I want to say, okay, this is a two-pronged question. Yeah. Leaving the show like now as we're, we're starting to end it, what do you think people will remember the most about it? Hmm. Um, I, I think many things. Um, I think the fact that that history is a, a fascinating subject. Uh, I don't know if I spoke enough about it or if I um, if I spent enough time talking about it, but it, it is truly, truly a fascinating subject because it really helps you understand, you know, where you come from. And, and if I could maybe interject that with, with sort of a story about identity, right? About who we are. So I'm from Pakistan, a kid who, who is from Pakistan who grew up in Dubai and works in Abu Dhabi. Um, um, and, and I identify myself as a Pakistani because of the language I speak and because of the, the culture I believe in and, and you know, all, all of that that comes with it. So um, during the AFC, I had a chance to go to all the embassies and meet with the emissaries to talk about how we can get the ambassadors involved in promoting the matches of that country and getting the, um, getting the, the population to rally behind the team when they're playing in Abu Dhabi, Dubai or Sharjah. And in all those exchanges, um, all the embassies were so hospitable and you sort of got to see some of their culture because they sort of left you with, oh, here's a souvenir of, here's a mat, here's some stitching and here's, here's a, a pot, etc." So I went to the embassy of Turkmenistan, right? What do you know about Turkmenistan? You don't know anything about Turkmenistan, right? It's, it's one of those, those countries. So when we finished the meeting with the ambassador, I'm about to leave. And the gentleman who set up the meeting for me, who's the emissary of the ambassador, he's like, oh, so where are you from? So I go, oh, I'm, I'm from Pakistan. And he goes, oh, okay, so do you speak your, your mother tongue? I was like, yeah, I speak Urdu at home. And he goes, do you know what Urdu means? And I said, I know what Urdu means. Urdu means um, 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 a, a tribe of, of um, a tribe of warriors, uh, or, or rather um, the language of, of the tribe of warriors, if you, if that makes sense to you. And he goes, yes, yes. That, that, that's true. So, so here, here's, here's the kicker, right? Urdu, the word Urdu, which means the language spoken by the traveling, the, the traveling warriors um, is a Turkic word. So Turkic is, is the mother language, right? That has 35 languages below it. And it is spoken in Central Asia, it is spoken in Turkey uh, and certain words from Urdu are taken from, from that language family. Um, so, so here you have um, an instance where there's a, there's a dude from Pakistan who's never met anyone, anyone from Turkmenistan, suddenly be able to relate to someone from a far, far Indeed. away land. And I, I mean, and that's the story. I mean, when you, when you talk about India and Pakistan, the countries, they say that tens of thousands of years ago, Central Asian tribes came in uh, to inhabit those lands. And then, and then Polynesians, sort of the, the Kiwis mm. or from, from, from that part came in, occupied the South, the South of India. Anyway, the story is that the, the way the language came about, the, the, the Urdu language came about is through the interaction 
of the Hindu dwellers of India and the Central Asian tribes that would come to trade or war with them. And that's how Urdu came about. Urdu the language that, that I speak today, that, that somehow someone from Turkmenistan can, can also understand. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, when you hear that stuff, you go, that, that is fascinating that, that somehow maybe I'm more than just Pakistani. Maybe I am that and Central Asia. Maybe I'm, pan, you, you know, the meaning of your, your identity changes. So hopefully people remember the fact that history is, is intriguing and it's, it's definitely a subject to, to remember technology, man. It, it's moving at a ridiculously fast pace. And, you know, two generations from now, you're going to have, I don't know, our descendants knowing probably a hundred times more than, than any of us knew. And, um, and the fact that the UAE is, is the place, man. It's, it's, it's the place to be. Yeah, I think there's a lot of subjects that we touched on. I think we delved super deep in them and, and, and challenged a lot of the <laughs> yeah. topics, which I think is good. But, well, okay, when, let's ask another one here and say, sure. why, did, why did you decide to come on the show then? Um, I've been watching podcasts for, for a long time, and, um, and I, I've had a chance to express my ideas in, in private with friends. And I, and I thought it was, it was an interesting opportunity to, to voice those, those ideals or those ideas in public and, you know, sort of see what, what people, what people think of them. I think, um, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're all born with, with that, with, with that need to express, but it is an expression, right? Of all of these ideas. So I, I thought it'd be cool to actually do that. And, uh, see myself on camera and, and get famous that that's why <laughs> awesome i like i like this part at the end i like this part of the end because it's uh you know the it's the secret right there but i think it's, sure, it's sure. you gave you gave a lot of people a, a lot to think about uh definitely sure. you, you've done that and and um my last question which everyone knows by now is do you have a question sure. for me oh Oh, okay. You, you, uh, you, you, you've thrown me. You've thrown me off guard. Um, hmm. <laughs> Do I have a question for you? I, I think we we both. I like the fact that this was what I thought it would be. Was that it was going to be a a conversation? I like the fact that you, you know, you shared your points of view, and there were rebuttals from 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 your side. And I think that that makes that makes. Um, the conversations more more rich and, and i'm glad you did that it wasn't just a sort of a one-way conversation so i don't think i have um any specific questions but no i i enjoyed uh, i enjoyed our exchange today awesome thank you Norman. I, I think i think like a lot of the topics that we've discussed there's a lot of i mean i have even more questions for you i really think there's a part two here as we were speaking, I think really think that there's a part two in sure. this one. And definitely, as I said before in previous episodes, there's going to be reunion shows. So um, definitely you want to watch out for that one. Um, really? I, 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 it's been a great, great talk with you. No, man, it's been an awesome episode with you. Uh, before I sign us off, do you have any last words you want to say? No, th thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I'd love, I'd love to do a part two. I, I think, um, I, I think the tradition of storytelling goes back centuries and centuries, and we are telling stories, and we're, and we're continuing that tradition that someone started around a fire, I don't know, indeed, <laughs> centuries ago. So, which is awesome. 
Thank you, Norman. Uh, I'm going to sign us off. This has been the Nobody's Famous Podcast. You can catch us on Anrami, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all those good places. And you can watch this on YouTube. We'll be with you all the way. This has been the show with Muhammad Norman, the one and the only. And we're going to be signing off from the Nobody's Famous Podcast. Oh,